Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of the Muse Magazine podcast. My name is Jane Bradshaw and I'm the editor-in-chief of Muse for the 2019-2020 school year. This year is the magazine's 10th anniversary and myself and my staff began wondering how this amazing creative community got its start. Today, I, along with my online director, Trish Rooney, interviewed Zara and Sherry, two of the three Muse founders. We asked them about starting the publication, memorable moments from their time, and the transition from Queens into the working world. Can you guys just tell us a little about yourself? Sure. So, my name is Zara. I'm one of the three, like, initial co-founders of Muse. Um, Sherry and I were actually working on, like, a fashion show or something together. And um, Tamara, the other co-founder, um, her and I lived together, so I've known Tamara since first year. Um, and ten years later, I am an associate producer at CNN. Um, but I work uh, on sponsored feature content, so not stuff that's connected to Muse, more so... Um, kind of the fun stuff like tech and food um, and business and art and everything that I love so I'm very lucky <laughs> um, so I'm Sherry I'm also one of the co-founders um Zara and Tamara and I'm a com 12 so when we started I kind of headed the business side of things so whatever title we ended up giving ourselves I love that we could just make up our own title so we're like yeah director of business so we ended up doing that um, <laughs> you remember that and Zara was I was um, editorial and I think Tamara was the creative yeah um, so we kind yeah, of the create, the, yeah more like the visuals and design yeah so we all kind of just pulled everything together. Every, everyone did a little bit of everything. Um, and now today I am working at um, a brand design agency called O. Um, but I came from an advertising background. So I'm an account director on a bunch of like brand strategy, brand identity, um, logos, all like fun stuff. All that fun okay. stuff you see. Yeah. That's so sweet. And Zara, what was your major? Film. Uh, but I initially went to Queens with like no idea about what I wanted to do. So <laughs> I started, I think, as like, an, I, I came in with like uh, art history or English and then I changed my mind like a hundred times and then I ended up uh, doing the film class for fun and then that ended up being my major. <laughs> um, and do you, you guys didn't found it in your first year. You founded Muse in your second? I think so, yeah. So it's very... Hey, we would have, we just, I forget what, was it Synergy? I'm pretty sure, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was Synergy. I was just telling the girls, like, um, because we met through Steph, I think, on Synergy, and that was, yeah, yeah, that was in second year, and I remember making passwords and stuff, and it was 2009, so that would have been our second (laughs) year. That's so crazy to say that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what I am really interested to know is like, why did you believe that there was a space for Muse on campus? We were talking just amongst like the three of us before Zara joined in about like the publications on campus that we already have, ones that are like historic to campus, like the journal. And then we also have the undergraduate review as well. What did you see Muse as when you guys were founding it as a publication on campus? Being in commerce and like, no offense to commies out there because I am one, but... In my anyway, in my space, like in my world and perspective, I felt like a lot of people who had artistic talents didn't really get the chance to showcase that. Hmm. They were kind of once you get into Queens, you get put into this category. You put you get put into this box. You're like, oh, you are a science student. You're an engineer. You're 
you're in business, so you have absolutely no creative talent. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. And I think that's why I thought that there was a space for Muse to showcase that underground talent. Um, to show that, you know what, Queens is more than just like the academics. It's more than what people see and think of Muse or, or Queens as. Um, so for me, that was an opportunity to showcase like, holy shit, there's a lot of really amazing young talent in our school. And you just kind of have to like peel back the layers and find those people. Um, even if you're, you know, put into like Frosh Week and I feel like these people don't feel like my people at all. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's my that's my perspective. <clears throat> yeah, I I think um, I think for me as well, like like I said, I kind of came into I came Queens with like, oh, I'm gonna do this, and then I actually showed up and I was like, I have no idea how to do any of the stuff that I, I thought that I would do or things that I would like. Um, and then I met when Sherry and I were working on that fashion show together. Um, once the event was over, it was kind of like, okay, you spent months working on this thing, and then. Like, there is this one big show, but then after that, there's nothing to really show that there's no permanence in your creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no permanence in your creative talent. Um, so there was that, this thing that, you know, with with a publication, there's permanence to it. Like, if you um, are brave enough to put your words on paper and share them, you are in, you, they exist kind of beyond you. Whereas with an event, it was like that one night and then kind of what happens after that. And the last thing for me, which was like, I, I grew up in Hong Kong and for me, there was like the way that people dressed and the music that we listened to and the, you know, the art that I grew up around was so different to what um, a lot of, a lot of what I saw when I first went to Queens. And then um, for me, I was like, I felt like there was more um, beyond what I was seeing. So I was like, I feel like there's other people here who are used to dressing differently or have a different taste in music, but I just haven't been able to find them. Um, and then when I like when I made friends with Sherry and Tamara, I was like, I knew it. Like I knew that there's people who had this like this this um, drive to like dress or or ask to find something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But we just needed a vehicle to actually just connect everyone. There's a community I think that we ended up building. Mm-hmm. Do you guys it. have any like funny stories or myths when from when you had news? Oh my God. I would say for me, it would be that moment where it was just me, Tamara, Sherry, because like yeah. we were so optimistic, but we had no clue what we were getting ourselves into. Like, <laughs> we didn't even think I about think, it. I think we were, yeah, we were just like, okay, cool, we're going to start this publication. And and then it was like, okay, actually, it's going to, you know, it's going to take up a lot of your time. It's going to be a lot of work. And and I, I say that knowing full well that it was it was a lot of fun as well, but it was one of those things where like. I feel like I got a really big reality check of what my life was going to be like after university um, because of that. Because it was kind of just like, you, you go in starry-eyed and then you're like, wow, there, there is so much work in that, you know, you learn time management. And I know the question was, what are your funny memories? So this isn't exactly... In terms of like the, the best moment for me, that was, that was it. Because it was kind of just like, like, I just remember walking away being like, oh... Wow, we have a name. We're doing this. We're like actually gonna make this happen. I don't like. I think what made it so fun <laughs> was that we literally didn't think about it. I don't think we thought about the reality of what creating a publication yeah. and running a publication meant. I think we just were like, I don't know. Let's start some shit. Born <laughs> 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 today. Yeah, like see if it works. See if it sticks. And now that we look back, it's like I think yeah. there's yeah, like the stuff that you guys do are on such a different level than what 
what we started with and I think it has to do a lot with like the technology you guys have now and I mm. like I feel like I'm dating myself but like you know what I'm saying yeah the technology you have the social media yeah there's a lot more I think there's a lot more pressure that you guys have to to build something like this where you have to get a brand out whereas way back what way back when <laughs> When we started, it was like, okay, let's just get it ratified and make it happen. Like, it wasn't anything pressured. Like, is this the direction that you intended? Like, are we going in the in the way that you guys thought it would go, or is it beyond what you guys thought? <laughs> or have we just completely hijacked your idea? Hijacked your idea? Something wrong. <laughs> so, Sorry, do you want to go? Um, actually, so I remember. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, I'm jumping in, but oh. um, I remember this really well. Was that we were like. Like, I think, you know, as I said, like, we were kind of just like, ha-ha, let's just, not, not ha-ha, let's do this, but we were just like, let's <laughs> do this, like, it's something that we really want to do, and um, over the years, we just didn't really understand what we were getting ourselves into, but then, because we put so much, like, blood, sweat, and tears into it, when we were leading, that was something that I was concerned about, because I didn't want it to be... Um, another, you know, any any fashion publication like this was always targeted towards finding people that you know found um, found something unique and like perhaps like a little bit underground. And I remember like the description in my head being like you know napkin poetry and like skate photography and the things that were at that point really hard to find um, for me at Queens. And I was worried that it was going to turn into like. Yeah, like like trend reports that everyone was gonna you know trend reports on what was already existing and just giving more prominence to something that was that didn't really necessarily need it. Um, and I like I that was something that I was worried about when we were leaving, and um, not because of uh, any particular reason, just because I felt like that was a presence that was so dominating in Queens. So I was like, oh, like are we really giving it enough um, when we're leaving to make sure that? the underground um, component of news has like a fighting chance and I was like the minute that we left we were like oh no we're good like <laughs> we have nothing to worry about um, and when I opened um, news the other day there was an article about like um, I think something about like being um, Muslim in Queens yeah. and I'm originally from Pakistan that's where I was born and for me I was like that just made me really emotional because there was, I was like oh like 10 years later it's still giving that that like it's still touching upon like important topics um and making sure that you know creatively as well as like you know the spiritually so the kind of things that i'm like these are still important talking points and um 10 years later we're still we're still keeping our finger on the pulse of like the core of what it was supposed to be yeah i think just adding to zara's point i think the whole idea behind you is i think i touched on it earlier was about inclusion right Mm -hmm. it's about bringing people from different perspectives, from different interests all together in one place. And so as long as inclusion is, inclusion and diversity and not in just like, you know, the the racial sense, but I'm talking about like all types of different interests. um, As long as that's part of what you guys are doing, which is, which it is, I think, that's the key. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think for me to be able to like go on the website and see it and like relate to it more than because I, you know, co-founded it is, mm-hmm. is something that was, is like the dream for me. Cause, um, like it, it, it's, you know, obviously when I see the logo and I see this name, like that, that really like lights something up inside of me. But then being able to look at the content and be like, oh my God, I want to read that. Oh my God, I want to like, 
that makes me really excited because they're touching upon topics that I think are important. Um, oh, that's super interesting, and I never, I never would have even thought to do something like this or to, to do an article like that. That's that's me being able to relate to it on a level beyond just you know once upon a time I have this idea. You guys are in real life. <laughs> uh, a door we have yet to cross through as four years. <laughs> so what do you do to like remain creative? How do you like keep that kind of fire burning? Mm, good question. Uh, okay, so for me, mm-hmm. um, I'm very lucky. I I have able to, have, sorry, have been able to pursue a career that is creative. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, working on news, uh, everything is essentially like a domino effect. So when I left university, I was like, I miss writing. Um, I got lucky. I got um, an internship and then a job um, quite quickly in the media industry. But when there was you no know, spaces in between, I was like, I need to write. Like I have all these creative self processes in my head. So I actually remember I wrote um, a piece for news after I graduated about life after graduation. Um, and then uh, I ended up actually starting like my own blog uh, based on my experiences working with news. So like I had no idea how to even start a blog uh, before news. But then because I'd already done it, I was like, cool, I'm just gonna like, I know how to start a website, all that. And then um, from there, I ended up like getting um, a full-time job uh, I guess like when you're when you're in the media industry and when you're working quickly like with journalism, um, everyone's going to be asking you for writing samples. And yeah. at that point, I was like, no one trusts me enough to write. Uh, so I was like, cool, I have my new stuff, and then I have this other stuff that I've been just kind of working on on the side. And then eventually, someone gave me a chance and was like, oh, she knows how to put words on paper. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it kind of just like it progressed um, since then. Uh, I, I, I was like. I think um, I think another thing that like I, I would relate back to me is, is um, right now I'm in a position where like I work on the TV side of media. But uh, a year and a half ago, all of my experience was um, digital, so social and digital. Um, I would I would still say that that felt very multimedia, but I had no experience working on TV. Um, and now, like. I guess the, the print versus online debate that I was talking about earlier, the reason why I still find that really important is because it made me realize there was no, never one way to tell a story. And that learning experience is still something that I really focus on a lot today. Um, so, like, 10 years later, I'm still, like, I, I try really hard to kind of enrich myself with, like, what multimedia actually means or what multi-platform actually means. Yeah. Um, learning how to write for TV and work on, like, you know, a half-hour TV show is very different to writing an Instagram caption versus writing a headline for an online story mm-hmm. uh, versus, like, writing for print. Um, all of it is, like, you can, you can have the same core subject, but learning how to tell the same story in, like, multiple different ways has been something that's, like, that I've had to learn over the years, but I don't think it's something that I necessarily would have even realized. Um, if it wasn't for the conversations that Mary Sherry and I were having. Um, and like, in terms of staying creative, like, like I said, I'm lucky that, you know, I, I get to be creative in my job, but I also feel like, um, you have to make hard time out for yourself to be creative in other ways outside of that, um, to keep yourself inspired. So like, a friend of mine just gave me an old film camera, um, and I've just been obsessing over that, and I learned... Uh, ten years after talking about it, I finally like learned how to DJ. So like, you know, oh, I've seen your, <laughs> seen your stories. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, it went from like me always like looking at like the guys 
doing it when um, by by DJing when I was at Queens to finally like being able to do it myself. And now it's like um, I think for people that that really seek our creativity, having a career in it will never be enough. So you have to like really carve the time out for yourself to to really really like push your push your boundaries like um the film camera side like I've, I've always loved it but it makes me feel really like out out of place when i'm trying to figure out how to do it and the DJing stuff is so awkward at first because it, i'm like i'm basically like i'm all like corporate life and then the minute that it's i don't know like a saturday i'm like completely different <laughs> she looks so yeah. cool doing it though oh it's amazing <laughs> But I, yeah, but I just feel like I'm, I don't know. I think I think that when you um, leave university, like you have to remember to make yourself uncomfortable um, mm. because it can be very easy to you know get into that Monday to Friday life. It is really like once you get into it, like you have a routine. Um, you've got like your your friends that you are seeing all the time, but you really have to like make sure that you are also just doing that thing that you said that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say this 10 years later because I've finally done it. <laughs> but it is, like, it is one of those things where, like, you, um, yeah, the more uncomfortable that you make yourself, eventually that uncomfort starts to feel comfortable and that's what you want because then that's like, okay, I've done this, what's the next thing? Wow. I love that. Yeah. It's <laughs> great life advice. It's great life advice. I'm from the Really. Um... Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think once you start, I think once you get out of school and you get your first job, Mm -hmm. that shit's real. (laughs) In the sense that, like, you do get get stuck into this nine to five, right? And I think what's crazy to me is that, and I don't know if it's just from the program that I come from Mm -hmm. and it's just the types of people, but everyone glorified being busy. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my God, I was at work until like 11 p.m. I'm like, and you kind of took it as a badge, I think in in the first few years that you start working until you step back and you realize like, that's really not something to be proud of, Mm -hmm. right? Like busy is good, you have drive, like that's a completely different thing. But it's so easy to be sucked in and and have zero life outside of work. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest things for me is that work and what you do as a career shouldn't define who you are. So, for example, like if we met each other at a party, you'd be like, oh, tell me about yourself. The first thing, like I guarantee you, 80% of people will say like, oh, I'm so-and-so and and I work in this industry. Yeah. And that to me has always been such a strange concept because you're like, but you're not that person. Like, I don't go around and and say like, oh yeah, um, I'm Sherry and I'm... I work in account services, like, no, because that doesn't actually tell people who I am, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it is super important to realize that um, sooner rather than later after you kind of get into your first job. Yeah. Um, But in terms of making time, I think once you are able to, it's like, A, I think surrounding yourself with the right people as well. Like, I've been really lucky, too, to be in a creative industry, Mm -hmm. right? Like, as much as I'm on the account side of doing client services, I still work with a ton of creative people. So when I started in advertising, you had your writers, you had your art directors, designers. These are creative minds. And I think that's what Muse taught me. Mm-hmm. So I was always on the business side. So for me to understand how to connect and work with creatives was huge for me when I got into the advertising industry. Um, so I think when I first got out of school, that was the way I kept myself really creative, just by surrounding myself with the right people to do that. And then, um, 
couple years back, I I love the outdoors and I was like, holy crap, I really need to get back out, but I have no friends who want to go camping with me, so I need to buy new friends. <laughs> but I, I ended up going to this conference um, that was hosted by Mountain Equipment Co-op, so Mac. Yeah. And it was called the Think Outside Summit. And so I went and I ended up meeting these awesome, awesome girls there. And we ended up creating this thing called Outdoor Studio. And so it was basically like outdoor art retreats. Um, and we would bring people out into like, uh, we went to Rouge Park the other year. Yeah. Um, and it would just be, yeah, like retreats for them to create things, like create paintings and whatever it is that they do in mm-hmm. this medium. And it's just normal people, not necessarily artists. So in a way, it's like a chill art residency, yeah. in a way. Um, and we ended up creating a whole exhibition from that trip. So we would collect everyone's work and we went to like Gallery 1313. Th- anyway, um, on the West End, we ended up pulling it all together. And that for me was a huge like way to get inspired and creative by the people around me. Yeah. So you kind of have to just find your own pockets of doing that, like no matter what it is. And it doesn't always have to be like, oh, I want to paint or I want to learn how to do pottery, which is something on my list. But it's also being creative in what kind of projects can you just do on the side for kicks? Yeah. Like, and why not do it? Like if you have a bit of spare time, if you find someone at work um, who's who shares the same interest as you, yeah. then start something up. Like, hmm. why not? What's the worst that could happen? And I think you have to put in that, I think you have to put in that mentality that you're not going to create a business out of this. You're not mm-hmm. going to create something huge out of this. Because to be honest, if you went in with that mentality, if we went into making news and thought, we're going to make this into the biggest publication <laughs> and we're going to win awards, like, that probably would not have been it wouldn't have put you guys on the the same trajectory as today. So I think that's a mentality thing that you have to remember when you're trying to be creative. You just do it for the sake of doing it. And there you have it. This wraps up episode two of our podcast second season. If you have any questions for our founders, myself or Trish, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at MuseXQueens. Our latest issue, Issue XIX, will be released on November 28th. In the meantime, remember to visit our website, muse-magazine.com to see our daily digital content. Until next time, yours creatively.